Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Jody Darling, thank you. Singing one of my favorite songs. I always prepare uh, thoughts around what I want to talk about, and then something happens in the, in the flow of the day. And for some reason, it never really resonated with me until you just sang it, the, the lyrics right at the end of the song. Um, it's hard to see the light now. Hard to see the light now. Still you're, still you're not alone? <laughs> just don't let it go. It's hard to see the light now. Just don't let it go. Things will be all right now. I think this week especially, that's a very good message for us this, this week that has unfolded in very unexpected ways. So I just wanted to acknowledge, you know, that irrespective of whether or not you think it's hard to see the light or, or you're, you're feeling challenged by the experiences of the week, the light is there. The light is there. Just don't let it go. I live in a space, in a place of faith that all is unfolding for our highest good, irrespective of what the circumstances look like. And that can be hard because people say, well, what about this? You can always try and find the, um, the exceptions to that by saying, well, this does not seem to be in alignment with the idea that you live in faith that the circumstances are always in forward motion and evolution towards the good. And the thing is, I think that they always are, and that is how I choose to live always. That's how I choose to live always. So irrespective of what's happened this week, I know that we are on the path of magnificent unfoldment of love, of light, of life. There is a part of me that is still, I will admit, that is still living in a place of reaction to the events of the week. I mean, it's hard not to live in reaction to the events of the week, right? That, that, that you know, we have this experience here in this country that feels off-settling. It's, it's, it's like we feel unsettled. It's... What are we going to do? How do we move forward? What does this mean? Is everything, you know, feel, things feel very off, but my work and the work of each and every one of us who holds to a spiritual practice, this spiritual community, this spiritual family, I believe that our work is to move from reaction and allow ourselves to step into proaction with the idea that there is that on the other side that we can engage right in this moment from a heart filled with love. I think that what happened this week is the result of a growing dissatisfaction with life experiences. And I'm not talking about being on one side of a political equation or another. It doesn't matter to me. I think that there has been a, tense, a, a tensing buildup of something. And here's what I think it is. I think ultimately at the end of the day that what that thing is that boiled over this week is the necessity for change. And that is the truth of evolution. Evolution simply means change. If we are saying that we stand for spiritual evolution, if I say that I stand for spiritual evolution, then boy, howdy, I better expect change in my life when I have placed my faith and my focus on that. 
As I've been working my mind through this, as I've been working my mind through this this week, what I keep coming back to is that I am rooted in and as the cause to every effect that I experience. We, each and every one of us, are rooted as the cause to every effect we experience. I hold firm in my conviction that divine truth reveals itself right here and right now. That's what I wrote on Wednesday on Facebook. Right here, right now, I hold firm in my resolve, in my truth, that divine truth is revealing itself through these experiences and that there is that on the other side of the, on the, other side of the challenge, of the crisis, of the thing that doesn't feel so good. There is that which if we hold to the light now, all is well. I had a response to that post on Facebook from a friend in New York City who said, boy, oh boy, it's revealing itself in a hard way, isn't it? To which I, rep I replied, yes, the caterpillar in the process of revealing its butterfly nature experiences discomfort and some level of pain. We're simply finding that place within each and every one of us that is breaking through the chrysalis to spread our magnificent wings of love. And that's what is meant by emergence. We are emerging in 2021. I didn't think it was going to be quite so... I didn't think it was going to manifest in quite this way. I don't think any of us expected that. But I choose to believe, this is the other part of what I wrote, I choose to believe that a collective veil has been lifted even more today. The veil of fear has been lifted, and what is left is love. If that's the choice we make in terms of how we proceed. Is it a necessity? Here's the, here's, the, here's the question that comes up for me. Is it a necessity that pain be part of the experience of change? Is it a necessity? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Suffering is not a requirement for change. I want to say that loud and clear for everyone to hear. Suffering is not a requirement for change. But I'll tell you what, if the circumstances show up as circumstances through which we suffer, learn from them so that we put those into the past, move forward and let go of suffering once and for all. I think that the circumstances that we experience being perfect reflections of our mind unfold in crisis when we are resistant to our perfect evolution. I'm going to say that again. It's very important. I believe that the circumstances which are perfect reflections of our mind, mind being the use of infinite consciousness, when those circumstances being perfect reflections of our mind unfold in crisis, it is because we are resistant to our evolution. And we're saying, no, I'm very comfortable in this little box and I don't want to change. What happens is we get that little nudge, a divine nudge, nudge, <laughs> nudge, which to me means never underestimate divine guidance emerging. We all have that little nudge, right? 
if we are resistant to the nudge, well, then what may show up is an experience of crisis. I feel like there has been a steady increase over the year, especially in, the, in light of, of the pandemic. Uh, there has been a steady increase of tension. So we've been living in this buildup, this buildup, this buildup, right? It's been manifesting itself in many ways. And I think this past year for all of us, we have been on this roller coaster, right? Some days do feel easier than others. I'm grateful for that. Some days do feel easier than others. But I believe that, that part of what's happening is that we have felt a great sense of disconnection because of the circumstances under which we are experiencing life right now, which is essentially being told we have to isolate. Well, of course we feel disconnection if we are living in a sense of isolation. And yet, here's the truth. No one is alone. Truly, no one is alone. There is that within each and every one of us that provides the comfort we seek. We can never be alone when we remember who we are, which is this infinite divine power and presence called God, which is this infinite flow of love. We can never be alone within that construct, within that concept. In John 14, Chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now the me in that passage is a reflection of his identity and his willingness to identify as the infinite Christ consciousness. Not himself as the, as the man, but him in the greater sense of his self-knowingness, remembering who he is. Believe also in me. What he is asking each and every one of us to do within that is to remember who we are, to know that we are that infinite Christ consciousness, that that is the construct that he was here to teach. It is a reflection of an infinite truth that as we deepen our faith and find comfort within remembering who we are, we experience stability. Do not let your hearts be troubled. That's really the big message today. Do not let your hearts be troubled by anything in the world of circumstance, for that is all form. And the minute we change our mind, moving to that place of faith that God is all there is, and that is who and what I am, that is who and what you are, the minute we accept this divine identity, then that experience of suffering dissipates. No one is alone. That is part of the value of this thing called spiritual practice. Because you know what? We all have to practice. <laughs> we all have to practice this. It is, it, it, you know, I, I, believe, I believe that it was innate in the man Jesus. I believe that it was innate in Buddha. I believe that it was innate in Muhammad. I believe that it was innate in Moses. I believe that it was innate and easy for so many people that we refer to as the mystics and the prophets of this world. But we can be the mystics and the prophets of this world when we fully accept our divine identity. That's the message today. 
even in the experience of seeming chaos or crisis, we have the capacity to let go of the desire to make that something in our lives. We are in charge, we are in control of our relationship to that thing. Now, we have been called upon this year to rethink our relationship to this entire world, to the circumstances of this world. Interesting that we have been called upon to rethink when we are in a philosophy called new thought. We're in a philosophy called new thought. What does that mean to us? It means that we are here to think a new thought about our relationship to the things in our lives. And yet many of us get caught up in trying to hold on to what was. I am done with trying to hold on to what was. What if, what if this entire past year, because you know, we're coming up on a year. Let's face it, in mid-March, it'll have been a year since we essentially stopped having in-person services, despite the little blip where we were able to bring a few people in in October and then decided that, you know, with the circumstances of the world, we were making a new decision. If we are holding on to what was or what we think it should look like moving forward and relate to what it should be to what it once was, then we are not actually evolving spiritually. We're keeping the status quo in place. That is not rooted in a new thought. That is saying, I must be as I've always been because that is how I have always been. I don't want to be there anymore. I'm here to evolve. What about you? So what if, what if this entire past year was the perfect and right and loving, flowing expression of our conscious evolution? What if that is the way that we could look at this past year? Not look at all the hardship that we've endured because of the circumstances, but say, I see what has been and look where I am today. Find the blessings in the experience. And when we find the blessings in the experience, oh... Well, life just gets easier. And isn't that what I keep saying? That in the, in the, as, we, as we embody spiritual practice, the whole point and purpose of spiritual practice is to make life easier. In that passage from John chapter 14, Jesus continues saying this, in my father's house, there are many rooms. In my father's house, there are many rooms. I believe a magnificent metaphysical interpretation of this is, there are as many thoughts as there are expressions of divinity. And there are infinite expressions of divinity, and so there are infinite thoughts. There are myriad thoughts, ideas, concepts, all of them are rooted in the divine and, ex and flowing forth and expressing from the divine. The Father's house is the infinite consciousness, and there are as many ideas within infinite consciousness as there are people to think them. If we believe that anything, anything, if we believe that anything is not divine, then we are, div we are denying our own infinite nature, being God, source, creative energy, whatever you choose to call it. The minute we deny that that is our identity, that is the place that allows us to move into the potential for things to fall apart. Because we are saying there is something other than. When we say there is something other than God, we're saying that something out there has dominion or the potential or the possibility for dominion over my experience and expression of life.
So what have we been holding on to? What have we been holding on to? I can tell you, um, I can tell you one thing that I've been holding on to is a reticence to accept that the form of this community has shifted. And I speak about a larger sense of community, although I do speak as well about the community that is Unity of Tucson. The way we have, the way we interact has changed. Are we going to be resistant to that change or are we going to say, you know what? This is what it is for now. And there's always room for the pure evolution of God through this thing called unity of Tucson to manifest and demonstrate itself in a new way. It has done so in a way that I think is the way we are choosing to be supportive of this community. Church has changed. And it's actually been going on longer than just one year, although I think it was magnified this past year. But church has been changing the construct, the form, the way it shows up in the world of experience. Church has been changing over the course of my entire experience of ministry. I am not the same minister I was when I began, and church is not the same as it was once I began, and it is not the same as it was when my, when my mentor in ministry began. It is not the same as it was was when Charles Fillmore began his ministry. It is not the same as it was when Jesus began his ministry. It's been going on forever. I am grateful, I will say, I am grateful that I am someone who launched my ministry from the get-go when I began ministry many years ago, that I began with an engagement in technology because it has served this community very well, I believe. I would like to think it has. No matter where I've been, live streaming has always been an important part of ministry for me because while this is our spiritual family, and I, you know, it's funny because the energy of you, the energy of every single person who is out there watching, the energy of you is actually right in this moment contained within this room because we are all having a similar experience. And so the energy, which is infinite, is letting itself be known right here and right now. And so I share with you that love, I share with you that energy, and I'm grateful for it. Live streaming is who we are for now. It is who we are for now. And that is the answer to the title of my message today, which is, who is our we? Who is our we? The we has had to shift. The we has had to change. We are watching a global we change. It is reflected in the activities of this country. It is reflected actually in the activities of this entire world. We here in this community, this spiritual community, Unity of Tucson, we are for now a virtual community. That is who our we is, but it's only for now. We are a spiritual family. And you know what? That is who our we is always. Not just for now, but it has always been so, it is so now, and it always will be. We are spiritual family. Just because community, just because the way we engage in community looks different doesn't mean that the form does not have value in service to our experience of life. Form 
is the construct of consciousness. And so the expression of community, this form, this expression of community is rooted in the collective consciousness. And so here's my question to you. How do you choose to be connected? How do you choose to be connected? Rather than resist this new construct, the result of a new thought, what if you allowed yourself to be in the flow and say, this is what it is. And I welcome the experience and expression of this spiritual family in this new and different way. And in doing so, what if we lead with love in our hearts? <sighs> if there is an openness to welcome change, we may find that community looks a little different now and will always look different in every incarnation moving forward, but it is still community nonetheless. I'm going to back up a little and say there is a larger part we each and every one of us play as well. If I reflect on the events of this past week, our thoughts about the events of this past week create a construct of experience that is either detrimental or advantageous, and you get to decide. I get to decide how I relate to what has been and decide in this moment how I shall be moving forward. That is the great power that each and every one of us has as this infinite divine power. There are some thoughts I have on how we get to live in this new we experience. Let us first welcome the notion that as the song says, no one is alone. No one is alone, none of us. You'll never walk alone. You cannot ever be alone. You cannot ever walk alone because the infinite divine power and presence is fully, fully expressed wherever you are. In understanding this, let us find ways in which each and every one of us can connect. And here's what I would encourage, that we look to connect with those who are inspired, that we look to connect with those who are motivated, that we look to connect with those who are open-minded, that we look to connect with those who are passionate, and that we look to connect with those who are grateful. These are the rooms that are available to us in consciousness. Inspiration, motivation, open-mindedness, passion, and gratitude. These rooms are available to us. Imagine a changed world. Imagine a changed world in the form. And then decide to be the catalyst for that change. It's up to each and every one of us. Who is our we? Our we shows up as whomever we decide for it to be. Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. 
You are magnificent. Namaste.